there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Well, I thought I'd feel better today. I don't. The reality is sinking in that Scotland are not going to the World Cup. Now we've got to get ourselves up for the Nations League. Three games in a week coming up, two against Armenia, plus a trip to Dublin. Simon Donnelly, cheer me up. Uh, I'll struggle to cheer you up, Rob. I'm, I'm the same as yourself, full of optimism Wednesday night, but uh, I have to say we were outplayed on the night. The, t- the best team won by far. And our big players just did not turn up for whatever reason. I think you have to put that down and give it a bit, bit of credit to the Ukrainians. I thought they were first class uh, from the first minute. And it could have been more, you know. We, we got ourselves back in. I, I know John McGinn missed that chance, but we managed to get a, ourselves back in it and you, you're always hope, hopeful. Uh, but as I say, I can have no complaints really. They, they, were, they were miles ahead of us. What we need is someone on the show who could be going to Qatar in November. What about David Wotherspoon, the St. Johnson midfielder who plays his international football for Canada and they've qualified. Uh, so, David, it's just a small matter of getting yourself fit after that ACL and you could be on the way to the Middle East and the World Cup. That's yeah. an incentive, isn't it? There's every possibility, but i uh, got to get myself back fit first and foremost. So, um, yeah, it's been a long process with this injury, but um, getting there, progress is being made and I'm hopeful I get myself back fit and... Make make myself available for selection. Are you trying not to look at that uh, that group? Uh, who is it? Croatia, Belgium, Morocco, uh, awaiting Canada. I mean, that's mouthwatering stuff, isn't it? It is. You just look at the players in those teams, and uh, like De Bruyne and Modric, and uh, you look at them, and you're like, you just want to play against those those sort of teams and uh, that sort of level. So it'd be uh, it'd be the pinnacle of my career if I was to be involved in that. Um, but as I said, first and foremost, get myself fit. Are we okay, Simon, to have him talking about of going to the are. World Cup? Yeah, yeah. Of course we are. That's, are we, that's a wee uh, bit of positivity in the studio. Yeah. That'll do us. And as you said, uh, if Scotland were going to lose to anyone and we can f- could find a shred of, of <coughs> happiness within <coughs> it, well, there's more than a shred of happiness um, because of what that meant to Ukraine yeah. uh, on Wednesday night. Um, but from a Scotland point of view, it was miserable. How much do you think it was the emotion of the occasion? That, that backfired for Scotland? For us, I, I don't really think... Well, I, I don't know 100%, but I'd be surprised. I, I think the players would have been up for it, you know, and we spoke about it on Wednesday night, how, or Tuesday night, whenever we were on, how a lot of our players have finished the season in a real high. I know Andy Robertson lost the Champions League final, but they, they got there and had a fantastic season. Uh, Callum McGregor had a great season at Celtic. You know, a lot of them are going into it on a high... Uh, I just don't think we started and I, I think looking back on it now 48 hours later I think it's maybe down to the opposition I think that they, they, they did their homework we opted to 
possibly play it too long in the first half with, with Dykes. I mean, I've got no real complaints. I know we just spoke about it before we came on about the two strikers. Mm -hmm. I, I like the thought of two strikers, but mm -hmm. then, again, hindsight, we were overrun a little bit. And when Christie comes on in the second half, I thought he was one of our better players. I really did. I thought the, the ball began to stick a wee bit. He was getting on the half turn. Probably our best spell in the game when he comes on. But it, it's, it's easy to say afterwards, mm -hmm. you know, at the start... I was happy with the team, with the two up front. I just thought maybe with them pressing us, we opted to, to take the easy option at times and go along too much and miss out, you know, our better players. And they couldn't get a foothold in the game. Ukraine were coming in, but I think they were outnumbered there. They were popping the ball about and the goal was coming. You know, I think Craig Gordon had a couple of good saves before that, you know, so kind of no complaints, but the better team won. How much, David, do you think it was down to... Uh, that extra man or lack of an extra man in the midfield for Scotland in the first 45? Yeah, I felt when they, they did lose the ball higher up the pitch, they, they got picked off uh, quite quickly in the middle of the park. And the, the Ukraine, to credit to them, found a lot of gaps in the, the midfield. I think the, the boy Yarmolenko, who dropped into those pockets cleverly, um, got on the ball in a lot of time. And you can't afford to, to give those sort of players at the highest level that much time on the ball to... To threaten you, um, but like Simon said, I think Scotland they they struggled to to get that link between the strikers and midfield in the first half. And I think when they did bring Ryan Christie on, that's the sort of player that you want linking with the strikers and and finding him and getting him on the ball to to create a wee bit, um, which I think they lacked a wee bit in the first half. It's like a St Johnston past and present here, isn't it, Simon? You that you that legendary <laughs> season long, in Perth. Long time past. I think I was there in two thousand and three, Rob, for a season. Uh -huh. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, commuted from Glasgow every day with a, a, a team of guys in a car, which was very eventful for a year. But <laughs> no, I enjoyed my time there. But long time ago now. It's been a strange old season for you, David. Um, I think injured in November. Uh, you haven't played since then, and you've had to watch. Um, and it's not just been the ACL that's been painful uh, what you've been watching has been painful as well and incredible really um, on the back of what happened last season yeah it's been it's been quite a season um, on and off the field um, it's been tough to watch obviously um, watching the team uh, after last season we've done so well uh, done an incredible season and um, to go to where we were um, it was it was hard to watch and hard to take and there was nothing I could really do about it apart from being amongst the boys and be there for morale and support. Um, but I think when I got injured, it was we were in the semi-final of the Cup um, and we were doing okay in the league. Um, and then, unfortunately, it just sort of went downhill a wee bit and we couldn't pick ourselves up. We had a, a January to, to sort of get ourselves together again. And from the position that we were in, um, I think the boys have, have got to take credit to getting ourselves out of that position. And and making uh, St. Johnson safe and, and staying in the Premier League. Was it a reality check this season, in a way, off the back of uh, what happened the previous season, which was kind of crazily almost unbelievable? Yeah, yeah. I spoke about this before we came on. It's, it's uh, St. Johnson's not the biggest club in Scotland, um, and it's it's the achievement last year was quite incredible, and I think it was Aberdeen 30 years before that that had done it outside the old firm to win both cups, um, which is quite incredible. So I think it is a reality check that we need to to realise the club and the stature of our club. Um, we've always said before seasons that it's, it's staying in the Premier League is first and foremost. 
and uh, and this season put us to the test and 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 we managed to come out with that and uh, we can look towards the summer and rebuild and uh, and look forward to the next season in the Premier League. It's going to be interesting to to see what Callum <clears throat> Davidson can do uh, next season because the, there's another raft of departures uh, coming up for St. Jonathan. They lost uh, uh, Jason Kerr and Ali McCann last summer. Uh, Xander Clark, Jamie McCart on the way out. Liam Craig's retired. Quite a few other. Uh, Sean Rooney, of course, has gone to Fleetwood. Simon, you know, so uh, th- there's it's all change again. But uh, Callum Davidson will be grateful for the opportunity, won't he, uh, to to take to make a fresh start next season, having finally yeah. survived. Yeah, I think this season has been really difficult. I mean, on the back of so much success last year, and I mean, you really have to take your hat off to St. John's to go and win both major cups. Uh, <clears throat> Callum did a fantastic job, and you know he's found himself the other side of the job this year. You know, fighting fire down the bottom and and, and struggling a little bit. Uh, but they've came through the playoffs. That was the, the most important game for them. That will be up there with the, the, the cup finals that they played, you know, and they did really well in the fight, uh, the, the playoff final. But I covered a couple of the St. Johnson games, I think, last season. Uh, and they have players. I mean, this this guy here seems to have been around forever as well, David. Mm-hmm. But they've, they've got a lot of experienced players there that have been there that you're now talking about are moving away. So it's maybe a, a new era for St. Johnson and a, a fresh slate, get new players in. That'll always be the challenge to go and get good ones. Uh, but I think Callum will probably just reflect on... I think it's it probably added a wee bit more to his bow having to go through this this mm-hmm. year because everything last year was success. Uh, unbelievable success. But this year, it's been the nitty-gritty of trying to keep St. Johnson in the Premiership. Even even last last year, even though we won the, the double... You started off... We started off really we? bad yeah, in yeah. November. We were bottom of the league. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And, and that's we... True. We we got through that that phase and all of a sudden we just I kicked think you've on. Got a, a lot of good senior pros in yeah. that that squad that probably helped you. And you've you've got a bit of experience on your bench as well with yeah. likes of McLean and uh, Alec Cleland. So it's it's a good club and I think you've just been tested this year. You know, and yeah. it's not the test that you normally want to go through, but you've came through it with flying colours in terms of getting through that final. But that's as important a game for you guys, I reckon, as. The cup finals. Yeah, it was. It was a massive achievement for us. Even though it's it's mm. just staying in the Premier League, it's, it was a massive achievement for us to, to be where we were. And obviously, Inverness were were on good form coming into it, yeah. and we we were we were up and down uh, with results. Um, so it was one of those ones that it was it was tricky for us, and we picked ourselves up and and uh, pushed through those two games. To what the lad H- Henry scored some important goals as well. He was incredible. Yeah. And that's uh, that's another one that we need to watch is because he's, he's he's out yeah. of contract, yeah. Um, and he is one that that came back during the winter period. Um, he was like a new signing. He was on loan at Kilmarnock. He done well when he was on loan, um, and then he came back flying. Um, and we knew that he had that ability. We've seen it so many times in training, and uh, he came on and changed games for us in mm-hmm. in recent years. Um, and he certainly is one that would love to keep hold of um, and I would, I would love to play with him next year uh, when I'm fighting fit. He, he had a loan at Aberdeen as well, didn't he, Callum Hendry? And, uh, but lots of clubs will have taken notice of his yeah. form late on <clears> there for St. John's and getting these key goals. Uh, and he's obviously, I mean, he, uh, Callum's probably 24 maybe, something like that. You know, he's, he is a developing yeah. a developing talent and, and it's going to be difficult to hold on to him. Yeah, it always is. Goal scorers you know, few and far between. Mm. Uh, and certainly the kind of lower end clubs of the of, of the league, you know, if there's somebody there, but the lad at, at Ross County, you know, people sit up and take notice. I mean, there's 
I haven't seen a lot of the St Johnson games towards the end of the season, but every time I looked at the result, Henry had scored, you know, and scoring important goals, scored a nice goal in the in the, the playoff final. So yeah, it's down to that'll be part of Callum's job to try and keep a hold of his his better players that he think can take St Johnson forward and and go out and and hunt for the the little gems that will come in and improve the side. Looking on from the sidelines, David, how stressful was it for Callum Davidson? Did you see? Did you see at times the pressure getting to him? Yeah, I could tell that there was a lot of pressure on him. Um, just like going into his office and speaking to him every so often and and finding out how he was doing. Um, it was just a, it was a lot of pressure for him. Um, but I felt he was he was ready for that, and uh, he was he was ready for that sort of tough challenge, and he's come through it. Uh, flying colours. He's he's kept the club in the league, and uh, I'm sure he'll be he'll be looking forward to this break and and then going again. He's he's one of those uh, managers who just loves his loves his job. Uh, he loves he's just enthusiasm and passion for the for the game. Uh, it's great to and, and to the work cl- under the club. Eh? The club he's got the Aye. club in his his veins. I mean that's, yeah. where, he, that's where he came through. Mm. Uh, so it probably have meant even more. I mean I think managerial you take all the, that was man big difference from going from player to coach you're just responsible for yourself really you're quite selfish as a player you're just looking at yourself and mm. after that you've got to take in all the responsibility of addressing them but add to the fact that it's his club you know he's came through the ranks that it probably meant even more to likes of Callum Talking of you as a coach we're not going to mention that cup final Dundee United against St <laughs> Johnson are we? 15 minutes 15 <laughs> minutes and David didn't, didn't bring it up himself <laughs> Um, yeah, what do you, what do you remember that of that one? Simon? Horrible from my from my side it was horrible. Twenty fourteen, yeah, twenty fourteen. We we had a really good side, and I think we 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 beat. I don't know if David will remember. We beat St Johnson at the start of that season. I think it was four 0 four nil yeah. at Tannadice. Absolutely doing it. Tannadice. It was, a, it was a doing. But see, after that, never beat were, us. They, they couldn't beat them. <laughs> right. They were a real bogey team, and that was my only concern going into the final because we had four or five really good players in that team. And we'd, we'd, we'd played well They'd been great all season I think Andy Robertson Got his move to Hull on the back of it uh, Ryan Gold Went to sport in Lisbon But similar to the other night The four or five of them Just did not play on the day And it was St Johnson's day Yeah Three winners medals Three cup winners medals For you David I mean it's it's incredible I mean you're a Perth boy You would have probably Been pretty happy With your career anyway uh, and and maybe even to have got one winner's medal would have been pretty amazing for, for as a St Johnston player to have three is just incredible. Yeah, um, it's it's obviously a dream come true just to play play for St Johnston for myself. Mm. Growing up watching them, watching this guy as well on the pitch. How bad was he? Uh, he was he was one of my favourites. Really? Aye. Um, but I uh, just incredible to to achieve what we have with the club and and just be part of that uh, is incredible. Um, and the players I've played with, the managers I've worked under, it's it's been it's been a joy, and um, I treasure every moment. And uh, I look to look to progress with St Johnston as much as I can. And silverware was part of it. And we always said when I first came in that silverware was like an opportunity for us. So the cups were were massive, and to go on and win it in my first season with St Johnston was incredible. Um, I remember the final obviously very well, and. Um, it was at Parkhead. Uh, I what I was disappointed it was it wasn't at Hamden, but um, mm. it was a, an incredible atmosphere. And like you said, we 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 beat them after that first game in the in the season. We beat them every time, and mm. uh, I knew we felt we felt that 
we felt that we could go and beat them. Um, I didn't realise. Well, well, I definitely felt it. I wonder if I never ever went into that with the players. You wouldn't want to put that on the players' shoulders. You know, it's a big enough game going into a final. But looking back on it, I always thought, you know, that was the wee worry uh, on that day. They seemed to have a hold over us that season. After that first game, you know, they, I think he's, he's probably beat us every other every other time. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought our players, I mean, looking at it from Dundee United, I don't think your, your goals and suffrages and that that day performed anything like what they had done. And that's what it's all about. You need to do it on, on that day. So this is the fact that this guy, <clears throat> I said to him, Scottish Cup winner, and he corrected me and said two when I came in the studio. Club at St. Johnston as well. He's got his three winners medals at St. Johnston. These guys will go down as club legends. You know, it's... Your Celtics and Rangers, you probably expect uh, to, to to go and win things all the time and be in finals. But St. Johnson for this guy to be sitting here with three winners medals, brilliant. Yeah, I knew I knew when he was coming into the studio because I heard him coming. The I heard the jangling of the three medals <laughs> around his neck, uh, colliding with each other. Uh, so I knew he was on his way. Lots to talk about uh, in the course of the next couple of hours on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, um, including. Uh, interest being shown in Joe Rebo. I mean, we're standing by Simon, aren't we, for a for probably a, an, an amazing <coughs> summer of transfer action. There are loads of rumours and speculation. Oh, Some of them might actually come true I as well. I stood here and looked at you on <laughs> Tuesday night. And we spoke about uh, Goldson and mm. his, his comments on his Instagram. I know. I know. And I thought, you know, he was away, and yeah. four hours later, he signed a four year contract. Yeah. So. I'm hanging fire with anything now until I know, it's, it's I know, done. that's right. On Instagram, it was, you know, thanks for the memories yeah. and so many incredible days and nights as a, as a Rangers player. And it, all right, that, yeah. he, he's off. No he's, not, no, he's not. He's just signed a four-year contract. Um, so we're going to speak about Conor Goldson. Stephen Davis has uh, signed up as well. I think the expectation is that Alan McGregor will uh, probably sign for another year as well. And there's a lot of talk at the moment uh, about Joe Arrebo. Crystal Palace is said to be interested in him. Not surprising but he's one Rangers will desperately want to hold on to. All of that coming up. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Yeah, it's Friday's Go Radio Football Show and uh, we've got Simon Donnelly and we've got David Wotherspoon, St. Johnston midfielder, St. Johnston and Canada. And, uh, well, if he can get himself sorted, get himself fit... Um, he could be heading to the World Cup with uh, the Canadian team as we lick our wounds on the back of what happened at Hamden on Wednesday night. It was an incredible occasion. Great to be there. Uh, the pre-match was uh, something else. Uh, but the game was a big disappointment, a big letdown uh, for Stevie Clark and his team. Uh, but there's not really a great deal of time uh, to be feeling uh, sorry for ourselves because we've got those three uh, Nations League games coming up. And it's funny, isn't it? Because had we won on Wednesday night, we'd have been talking all about Sunday in Cardiff yeah. against Wales, one game away from the, the World Cup. As it is, we've got plenty of time now to prepare, plenty of time to think about that disappointment and try and get ready for Armenia um, we play U- Ukraine again twice. Is that right? We play Ukraine yeah. in the in the Nations League, yeah, yeah. But but we've got two against Armenia coming up. Uh, three games in a week. Yeah, yeah. It's listen. It's the ones you, as you can tell. I hadn't even focused on them. You know, no. I, I, I just wanted. I think I said on the the show as well recently. Just Ukraine, and then we were 
you know, we were all keen and positive to, to move on to play Wales. So it's, it's back to the drawing board. I was speaking to big John Hartson earlier on. He's mm. obviously working that game at the mm. weekend. He thinks Wales can do it. I don't want to see him for a while, actually, I'm not John so Hartson. sure, but it's a, I suppose they've got Gareth Bale. If he turns up, that could turn it in Wales's favour. But Ukraine will take some stopping, I think. They were, they were decent. Yeah, they sure were. Uh, mighty impressive uh, team. Not too surprising, I suppose, when you look at some of the players. Yarmolenko, Yaremchuk, uh, Zinchenko, Mikalenko of Everton. Uh, there are a lot of good players. Uh, and uh, I, I have a feeling that Scotland maybe made them look a little bit better than they are, but but they certainly played a lot of good stuff, didn't they, David? Yeah, uh, impressive impressive team. Um, playing at the highest level. Uh, you look at Zinchenko, he doesn't play in and out for... Man City every week, but you look at the standard that he's uh, that he set um, in that week in in that game. It was uh, it was incredible. He was on the ball constantly. He was breaking things he up. Even, he doesn't even play in that position. No. Sometimes no. you know he's more familiar on that kind of left side. Mm-hmm. City's playing in the middle of the park. He just plays wherever he fancies. He strolled it. Yeah. He strolled it. I, f- I forget the, num- the number eight that was playing in alongside him. Malinowski. Yeah. He was yeah. fantastic. Too. Yeah. The two of them yeah. were really good. And also Stepanenko, who was the sitting midfielder, he sometimes dropped in between the two centre backs. I mean, quite a quality player yeah. as well. And then, and then you look at the, the three they took off towards the end, um, and the three they brought on. Um, mm. The boy, can't remember his name. I think it was number fourteen. De 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 Bruyne. Right. It was Dobvik who who, Dobvik. who scored. He Dobvik. scored the third yeah. third goal. And was, Mudrik, the blonde guy, yes, number fourteen. Fourteen, yes, he came on. Yes, he was. Uh, I thought he was incredible when he came on. He looked. He looked fresh. He looked hungry, and um, it, it, he played that through ball with outside his foot. He just had that bit of class, yeah. um, and it showed uh, towards mm. the end of the game. I think he comes. I think he's from Mariupol. Uh, the Mudrik, the number fourteen, who came on and. Uh, I guess you know all through we're we're looking at the football match, but actually some of these guys have been through absolute hell and yeah. back, haven't they? With the the I worry think, about their families back home. Yeah, I think we touched on it the other night on the show as well of this being a release for them as well. Mm. I think they've been away in a camp in, in, in Slovenia, in, in yeah, practicing uh, practice matches, friendly matches. But I think it maybe galvanised them even more. I seen Oleg uh, Luzny on the TV on the day of the game, just talking about how they wanted to do it for their families and 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 the army back home. The guys that are fighting, you know, back back home that they obviously know, friends and family. It might just uh, galvanise them even more. You know, they had that real reason to go and try and get the result for more than just themselves. Mm. Uh, Added to that, their quality footballs, you know, and that showed that showed on the night. I think when they, when maybe when they came out draped in the blue and yellow flags, it was a there was a sense maybe at that stage of what was about to come. They 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 played as if they had a, a lot of inspiration behind them, and and they, they they wanted to to put a smile on some faces back in Ukraine, didn't they? For, yeah. You know, which hasn't happened very very much since February. Yeah, of course, um, they wanted to do that and. You could see the emotion running through them, um, the hunger that through them that were, they were they were playing for something big, um, and you could see that as soon as they they started playing. And um, a boy in my team is is from Ukraine, Maxi. Um, of course, yeah. He's uh, he's obviously been through the thick of things, and um, but he's he's been in a good environment that can can help him through. And uh, he's one of those boys that's just um, he's very humble, and, and he's he's obviously looking, and his family have been through a lot, um, and. Obviously, we've tried to take care of him as much as possible because there's been less communication through at home. So um, you could see the, the determination in the team and they were fighting for something big. 
He was on loan at Kelty, wasn't he? He's got a big goal for Kelty last season. He got, cup, he got the winner. He uh, got the winner. Um, he got the winner to, to promote them. The promotion, yeah, sealing the, the goal, sealing, yeah. sealing the league. Um, he got the winning header. And, um, a great young footballer, uh, very, very talented. Um, mm. And he'll he'll look at, to kick on next season and, and be part of that first team. And uh, he's a he's a great lad. Talking of Kelty, uh, Kevin Thompson has uh, departed as manager, having uh, won them promotion. Yeah. Uh, that that goal uh, that David's speaking about there uh, got them up. He's left. Maybe no great surprise that that, that he's left. But uh, on the show the other night, uh, Mark Guidi cool. and myself were, were, were sort of saying, "All right, that's him off to Dundee, then, yeah, isn't it?" Nothing's but, happened. But you know, th- there's a suggestion that he might be joining up with uh, Michael Beale at uh, right. at yeah. Queens Park Rangers. Right. Okay. Because obviously they they would know each other from from back room yeah, at Rangers. Would, yeah, that would make sense. I think was was Kev was it under twenty ones or he was maybe under yeah or yeah like under eighteens. So I think he's yeah. obviously been working with these guys. Yeah, shared offices and he'll know Michael Beale. That was an interesting move actually because he's you know always kind of been Stephen Gerrard's understudy. Mm-hmm. Now he's going out on his own, so that might be one there. That that might have been the one. That Kev knew about that we didn't. We, uh-huh. we kind of put one and one together and came up with three at Dundee. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that might be the next yeah. move for him. Yeah. Uh, again, fantastic at Kelty. There's only maybe so much that you can. You've got them into the next division. Where do you go next? I think the likes of QPR would probably be a, mm. a step up. And I think there was always that feeling, wasn't there, when Stephen Gerrard was at Rangers, that Michael Beale was a big influence. He he played a big part in in the tactics at Rangers. Yeah. Um, well, my brief conversations with Scott Arfield, he he spoke a lot about him. Um, he said he was the main man there, and mm-hmm. and he 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 done a lot of tactical side things, and um, he was a big a big influence there. Um, so he spoke very highly of him. Um, so if he's going to connect up with with him, I'm sure he'll he'll do a great job down there because he's he's done a terrific job at Kelly Hearts, uh, Kevin Thompson, and um, I'm sure he'll be wanting to progress his career uh, as well. And I think moving to full time football is is his goal. I think and. I read somewhere that he was he was linked with Hartlepool, um, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure if that was true. Yeah. Um, um, but I mean, you, you'll you'll do well. He was obviously a terrific footballer and a, a great guy. I played with him at Hibs and smart um, guy too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a very clever clever boy, and um, I think yeah, I think he'll move on to to big things. And uh, I, I wish him all the best. Obviously, um, he's done a great job at Kelty, and um, I'm sure Maxi really in, enjoyed working under him as well. When you're St Johnston, uh, how much do you hate Dundee? Is that how, how big how big a how big a rivalry is that one? It is. Uh, we, we hate Dundee, uh, <laughs> as the song goes. Um, but no, it's it's always a it's always a great game to play in, um, mm. and to to be the ones that are just above them in the league and, mm. and put them back into the, the first division was a, a great quite satisfying. A, it's a, it was satisfying uh, for for everyone at St Johnston. Um, to put them down and obviously save ourselves um, was a, a massive achievement for us this year, and yeah, it well, couldn't have been any better. It's a good, it's a good job for somebody that isn't it, the the, the Dundee job, and and you know I guess we were all jumping to the conclusion that it would be Kevin Thompson. It sounds like it's not going to be Sean Maloney as well. It yeah. sounds like that negotiation may have broken down. So that's still a, that's still an interesting question mark over who's going to get that job. And it seems as if Gordon Strachan, technical director these days, you know, he obviously played a big part in getting Mark McGee in as the interim manager, and that didn't go well. Uh, I wonder who's going to get the job this time. Yeah, I think it was a, a blessing in disguise for us um, that, he, <laughs> that he got rid of uh, James McPake, but, uh, which I was very surprised at because yeah. uh, he'd done so well for them bringing them up 
Um, timing was bizarre, wasn't it? Was, it? On the it back of a couple bizarre. of really good results. Um, the confidence is high after two good two good results. You're thinking uh, you're not thinking he's going to get sacked the next day. Uh, it was quite incredible. I thought um, uh, James is a great great lad. I played with him and I had so much time for him. And oh, well, you uh, played with him at Hibs, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was my captain at, at one point mm. and. He brought us through some difficult times at Hibs, and he was he was always there for the challenge, uh, and I'm sure he was there for the challenge at, at Dundee. And unfortunately, he didn't get that time to to work to work on it. Uh, you look at us, and we we kept on we kept uh, Calum Davidson as manager, and and we managed to get ourselves out of it with a bit of faith and a bit of trust. Um, and maybe that's that's something that they could have worked on. Um, you looked at other clubs in Scotland that got rid of managers towards the end of the season didn't do so well mm-hmm. they started dropping down the league and down the table and it was just seemed to, to be that case that we were we were going in the right direction um, when we kept our manager that's a fair point isn't it the, the, sometimes you know the, the, there was a there was pressure on Calum Davis mm. he bags of credit in the bank obviously because of the previous season but when you're down at the bottom uh, you know, and, and, you're a, and you're a chairman or an owner the temptation is to press the button isn't it yeah there was still I think we, we we spoke about it on the show. There was still speculation, you know, circling over Callum's head, and mm. unbelievably, you know, after. Uh, but that's just that's the craziness of uh, management in football. It's so volatile. I mean, we, we we've touched on it this year with Sean Maloney, whether he was the right man for the job at Hibs. We'll, we'll never know because he got nineteen mm. nineteen games, and as, as David says, there James McPake at Dundee. Seem to have turned a little corner. They get a good result in the cup, if I remember rightly, and all of a sudden he was out the door. Uh, well, so going back to Hibs as well, with the decision with Jack Ross as well was Jack Ross. Was, I thought it was on a the crazy eve one. Of the cup final. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a crazy one as well, um, and I think that impacted Sean Maloney's reign because he had that much pressure. Mm-hmm. He had that much pressure on him after Jack, what Jack Ross had built, um, what he had created at that club. Um, and the success that they had getting to get to finals getting to semi-finals um, they were already in the final when he was there um, and to, to get rid of him when they did was was crazy and then yeah. I felt bad for Sean Maloney because he didn't even get the time to 19, 19 to, games yeah, yeah he didn't get the time to implement them what he was trying to do and it's it's just you, that's just the world of managers I guess yeah I think you've got to give credit to the likes of the guys at St Johnson you know that obviously there is a relationship there and they've, they've had an unbelievable season the year before but it is. It's too easy, I think, to just you know when things aren't going well, mm. you know, get rid of the manager. It's yeah, far, it's far too easy to do. Sometimes that. it's the brave thing to to hang on in there, and and certainly in the case of uh, Callum Davidson and St. Johnson, that has uh, that has paid off. Uh, the Go Radio Football Show is the home of uh, breaking football news, of course, and uh, we can tell you that uh, Rangers have just announced that uh, Leon Balogun is to leave the club after his contract expires in a matter of a few weeks. Um, so that's maybe no great surprise, Simon, that uh, that Leon Balogun <clears throat> is going. No, uh, I think, obviously, John Suter getting in there, I think he's going to be one that will play. I think he'll have the jersey. Uh, Golson stayed on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think they might be looking for another one as well. I think they might be looking to try and get another centre-back in as well. But it's no great surprise. The big surprise for me this, this week is Golson signing again mm-hmm. when it looked as if he was on his way out mm. Steve Davis again and as we spoke about on Wednesday could be Alan McGregor as well you know that experience mm. and you know there's going to be change but it's not wholesale change you know he wants to keep 
people that have been over the course, guys that won the league. Uh, Scott Field there as well for Arfield another year as well, as well. Another, another experienced player there mm-hmm. so you want those guys David will say tell you, sell, you it's good to have guys like that in your dressing room you know kind of almost managing the dressing room uh, out with the manager uh, but yeah Balligan's just one of those ones I think the suitor coming in I think uh, it'll be a big season for John Could it be a back three for Rangers next season potentially if you think that John Suter is going to play and Conor Goldson is is clearly going to play. If Calvin Bassey does stay, um, and he's done so well at, at, in that centre back area, and maybe left side of a back three, that might be the best his best position potentially. Yeah, potentially he's got he's got great defensive ability. Um, his running ability is incredible. He goes all game, um, and his strength and, and power and, uh, to get up that line. Um, and yeah, sort of left of a back three would be suitable for him. Um, he's played really well, obviously, the last part of the season. Um, he's been incredible for them. Um, and I think, yeah, that position would be very good for him defensively and on the attacking side of things. I think he was starting last night for Nigeria, yeah. Calvin Bassey. Yep, yeah, read reports that he was the top man again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, he's going to stir up interest. You know, there's already even, interest even more. From, yeah. the, from the way he finished the season, the last... Well, the second half of the season, you know, he was going from strength to strength. Uh, had a very good performance in the final. And yeah, he's, by all accounts, was the, the, the best player on the pitch for Nigeria last night. So that is, you know, going to raise interest moving forward. So it's, I think it's down to, I think we've said before, I think this would probably be an important season for him if he stays another year at Rangers and does it again, you know, for his own development. Mm-hmm. But when the lure of... You know, everything comes, if it's Premiership down south, sometimes it's hard to, to look the other way. Yeah. I mean, I remember we were speaking a, a couple of weeks ago on the show about Calvin Bassey and we we're floating, a, at the time we were floating a sort of 15 million figure and, and we were getting a lot of stick. People were saying, wait a minute, what are you talking about? 15 million, you know, you're going over the top. And suddenly 15 becomes 20 and then 20 becomes 25. Um, and But when you get English Premier League interest, and you would imagine there is in him at the moment because he looks to have everything, David, that that, that would qualify him as a, as a candidate to be signed by by a pretty top club in England, then you do start talking in these sort of figures, don't you? You do. Uh, of course, uh, the price tag goes up, uh, especially if you're playing in European finals and being one of the best players on the pitch, you're, you're going to get noticed and the interest from English football is just going to raise that price. And You just look at the, the, the sort of players that have come from the Scotland game, um, like say Van Dyke that's went down there and Andrew Robertson, John McGinn, they've all went down there and had incredible careers down there so far so um, you don't see why not he can he can be the next one to go down there and I'm sure Rangers will be desperate to keep hold of him for hopefully another season um, to, to regain the title if they can Yeah I think that would be the ideal for them another season of Calvin Bassey uh, improving again uh, literally in leaps and bounds uh, and then uh, some sort of massive a profit to be made on him because I think they spent about a couple of hundred thousand pounds on getting him out of Leicester Academy. Uh, he is going to be moving on at considerably more than that. It's the Go Radio Football Show and if you want to join in with us in the football conversation, 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! It's Rob McLean with David Wotherspoon and Simon Donnelly uh, tonight on the show. Um, looking ahead to those upcoming uh, Scotland games, uh, starting with Armenia next Wednesday night. 
at uh, Hamden, and it's a bit of a lifting job uh, for the players, uh, you would imagine, ahead of that one, uh, when they went into Wednesday <clears> night, <throat> thinking they were going to be heading, or hoping they were going to be heading for Cardiff, Tomorrow night, uh, Sunday night even, and uh, Wales playing for a place in Qatar in November. Uh, just recapping that news in case you've just joined us that uh, Rangers are uh, releasing uh, Leon Balligan, who's done a good job for them, hasn't he, over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, but he's coming to the end of his contract and he's one that Giovanni van Bronckhorst is ready to let go, Simon. And, and he will want to uh, refresh the squad. He is signing up key players. You know, we've, we've spoken about Conor Goldson and Stephen Day we expect Alan McGregor to be signing a new deal as well. That's the sort of talent and experience you don't want to be throwing away. But equally, um, announcements like today's mean he's, he's just freeing up some places in the squad, isn't he? Yeah, I, I said that recently. I think it's a wee bit of an end of an era with Rangers. You look at the, the team, there's quite a few of them that have been there. Uh, right through the Stevie Gerrard reign, right through culminating in their final in the Europa League I think there's a lot of those boys that have went through those last three European campaigns together so it was it was always going to be a a change this season it's Gio's first real transfer window after working with the players for six months after coming in I think November it was so there was always going to be change but I think it's I think he's been wise in keeping you know certain players like Steve Davis mm. and if it's McGregor I think that they're, they're wise moves I think there'll be a few new faces coming as well and maybe Balligan's just fell victim to, you know, that's one place that he's maybe looking to to go down a different route. And there's maybe another Leon that's going to feature in that Rangers defence next season. Leon King, 18. Alex Lowry is 18. They've both got game time um, towards the end of the season, David, and uh, both look really useful. And it's important, isn't it, for, for the identity of a team that academy kids get a pathway into the first team? Yeah, you've seen that towards the end of the season. They were they were bringing the youth onto onto the pitch, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's one of Rangers' uh, good parts of their, their their club is is their their youth development and uh, the the system they've got there. And obviously, at Celtic, they're both both uh, trying to push forward the youngsters in Scotland, and it's good for Scottish football as well, obviously, to to bring through these youths. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, it's going to be change for Rangers after such a a high season for them. Um, going to the Europa League final, they're going to have to, to push on and, and change might be made. Yeah. And uh, they've got the challenge, of course, Rangers next season. Uh, they've got, we're talking about Scotland <clears throat> lifting themselves. Rangers have to lift themselves in a sense as well on the back of that Europa League final disappointment. Yeah. Um, and they've got to qualify. They, they want to get to the Champions League. Uh, the, the rewards are so much greater, aren't they? Um, but they've got two hurdles to get over in terms of qualification, Simon. Yeah, they do, and I think obviously get into the, the Europa League and final and hoping to win that and jumping straight into the, the incentives were huge there. Obviously, they haven't did it, but you know they're two games away, and their experience in Europe should stand them in good stead. I know it's not the ideal time of the year. David will tell you you're trying to prepare, and all of a sudden these big games come immediately. But I think they might have enough experience to negotiate them, Rob. Uh, and I think Gio will be fully focused on them because obviously they want to go and try and win the, the title back. That goes without saying, but I think they would like to be in that Champions League alongside Celtic. So those games will be massive for them. And I think that will be the focus for Gio to be ready for them mm. when they come round. Celtic have got the advantage, haven't they, of of being able to not 
not negotiate those early rounds, those early European games that can be pretty challenging because they do come at you pretty quickly. They're, they're in the group stages. They can plan for that. Um, and you, you'll have had a, a bit of experience before you got injured last season of coming up against an Ange Postacoglu Celtic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, those those early games in Europe are, are tough, especially when you're not used to them um, mm. and trying to get that balance between your your domestic form and in the European games is, is really difficult and it, it, it puts you in for a very long season and, and that's what we had this year was, and that that was possibly what made it more difficult as well was that, mm. that early start. Because um, you were playing Galatasaray. Yeah, the likes of Galatasaray and, and Laska early on, massive names mm. in, in, in football and, and for that European prize was it was, uh, it was like a dream come true you think, for us. You think for us that and, did have an effect on you throughout the, the season <clears> playing those big games at the start and you know, it was all new to a lot of the players there. Yeah, it was possibly right at the start. It did, it did uh, put us off track with uh, with domestic form. Uh, we were up and down, and and sort of trying to get that balance was really difficult. Uh, you're travelling during the week, and then you're travelling back, and you've got those games at the weekend. It's it's when you're not used to it. It's it's very difficult, and um, but the likes of Rangers, Celtic, they they should be used to this by now. The European games and um, the big nights. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously Celtic's Celtic's form towards the end of the season was incredible. Uh, played them at the start, and and obviously they were they were finding their identity, mm-hmm. um, and then we played them a couple other times, and you could just see the the confidence that that through through their squad that that just built throughout the season um, was incredible. Um, their work ethic is is quite phenomenal. Uh, their their energy. The, um, the way they press and and Harry uh, even when they're still winning the game by a few goals they're still going strong and um, I think he's just built that mentality throughout the squad um, which is uh, incredible to watch um, even harder to play against Yeah, I mean I think the R word relentless is probably the one that's been used more than any other about Celtic under Ange Postacoglu Yeah, that's just as David touches on there as well I've covered a lot of the games this season and Mm. when they get their noses in front and even further in front they still keep going you know, and there was games at the start, I think it was either Dundee or St Nurn. I think they won 6-0 back-to-back. And I remember Postacoglu out of his coaching area, you know, pushing for the seventh goal. And that's something I've really liked about, you know, this guy coming in. There's, I know his, his, his expression is they don't stop, and they literally don't. You know, he wants to go right to the 90th minute. And that has proved the case at times when they've not been leading you know they've popped up with a lot of late goals late important goals this season but I like the way he goes about it you know if we're 3-0 up he wants to go for 4-5 and five, and I think that's why the fans have taken to him so quickly Is obviously without stating the obvious of winning games I think they win games with style and I think especially on the back of everything disappointing around Celtic last year uh, this year it's been exciting to watch from day one, even even when they were losing games in Europe, you know they were still going out there and trying to attack, and the defense has been getting better as the season has been going on, and the more understanding that group together, but it's been exciting from the minute the guy walked in the door. And I think one thing we know for sure, David, is that uh, Ange Postecoglou is not going to compromise on his philosophies at all. I mean, the opposition. I mean, they lost a boat of glimpse. Uh, who are who are a very promising Norwegian team. They're not one of the greats. Celtic are going to be drawn in the Champions League with some pretty top names, you would imagine. Um, 
but he's going to keep doing what he's doing. He's going to play the same way. Uh, and and I guess a lot of people have, have some fears about that. Yeah. Um, I suppose when you... It's just an incredible job what he's done from when you looked at the start of the season when they're, they're coming out of European games, not winning games, and the fans are... are they're expecting to win these games, and it's he's he's held on to his his identity, and he's 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 been relentless with that, um, and he won't change that, and it's it's part of his philosophy, his mentality uh, that he's built in the squad and in the club, and um, I'm sure he'll be looking forward to these games. He'll be looking to test his his ability and his his, his players' ability against the the top teams, and he'll really strive strive on that as well. It's it's going to be another roller coaster ride, isn't it? Um, yeah. in, in these European <clears throat> games particularly I yeah. mean I mean, Celtic domestically um, have looked really strong and, and at times almost unstoppable but when you move up a few rungs on the ladder in terms of quality of opposition you know you're gambling aren't you against <clears throat> some of the top teams when you play the way Celtic play yeah and, and now at the top European tournament mm. Champions League has the top players the top teams uh, and the gap has been Considerable in recent times when Celtic have been in that tournament, that's the challenge now to close that gap and go and compete. I, I go back to last year, there was times in games, Betis away, uh, Leverkusen away, there was times in the games that you thought, you know, Celtic had a, a bit of a foothold, 2 0 up, uh, at Betis, but albeit the defence was coming together, they were, they were very, very early in their, their, their kind of group in there the, the, the back two were just learning each other out uh, Joe Hart was in the full backs were changing all the time I think as the season went on they've got stronger but the test is Europe and you only have to look across the water you know the Rangers side of it doing really well in Europe and a few legs getting pulled so the Celtic fans will want their team performing well in Europe we're now at the top table uh, in, Europe, in terms of Europe and it's, it's going to be a tough one but I think it's one that Ange will really get his teeth into. And I'm quite excited from a Celtic perspective what he can bring to add to this team. Mm -hmm. I think that the boys that are there that he's brought in, they're young enough, they will improve, they'll get better. They'll, they'll, they'll be better for their experience in Europe this season. But what more can he bring? What other quality can he bring to just lift the team again? That, that'll be the interesting one. Obviously, they'll be wanting to retain their title, but mm -hmm. can they close the gap in Europe? Yeah, and, and he's had an incredible strike rate, hasn't he, Andrew Postacoglu, so far in terms of his signings. He's signed so many, um, and there aren't too many that haven't come off, and, and that's really unusual when you're turning around almost the entire team, David. Yeah, um, there's a lot of expectation when you, you go into these clubs, and it's how you how you deal with them, and um, the players that have gone in there, very exciting players, and, and uh, been very exciting to watch. Um and they've they've got the ability and the the work ethic that he's looking for, um, and it's been it's been credit to him and his, his staff that to the recruitment um, that they've brought in these players that have that have done so well this season, and it is going to be a massive test, as I said, that to to see who they bring in to to strengthen that squad and and push on in in Europe as as much as they can. Celtic and Rangers fans uh, looking forward to the next couple of months with a with a great deal of interest about what is going to happen. Obviously, priority for Celtic is getting 
uh, Jota and Carter Vickers uh, converted from loan arrangements to permanent uh, transfers. But you would imagine a fair bit to happen uh, besides. Um, it's a, a slow start, but uh, the, the story's beginning to happen now. Leon Balogun is being released uh, by Rangers at the end of his contract. So he's on the way out as Rangers tie up some of their existing players like Davis uh, and like Goldson as well. And that's an hour of football chat under our belts. Uh, 60 minutes still to come on the back of the news at six on go. There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10 year warranty. Including the all new iGo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Good to have you with us uh, on the Go Radio Football Show on a Friday. We're slowly but surely uh, getting over the disappointment of Hamden on Wednesday night. Well, we have to get over it, really. Uh, there's no other choice. And uh, suddenly the Nations League uh, takes on a whole lot more importance than we thought uh, the other night. We were thinking we're going to be in Cardiff on Sunday. It's not happening. And Scotland need to kickstart against Armenia <coughs> at Hamden next Wednesday night. Um, so Rob McLean, Simon Donnelly and St. Johnston midfielder David Wotherspoon, St. Johnston and Canada. It should be stressed. Uh, Canada heading for the World Cup, of course, and David hoping that he is going to be ready, willing and able. Well, certainly willing, uh, <laughs> hoping he's going to be ready and able. So where are you? It was ACL, wasn't it, uh, the injury? Uh, where are you on the road back? Uh, so it's been... Five and a coming up five five and a half months since the since the operation, so it's uh, getting close to that time where I'll hopefully be back out on the pitch and and uh, doing bits and pieces with the squad. Um, but at the moment, it's it's just small progress at a time and take each week as it comes. Uh, there's been little niggles along the way, but progression's going well, and um, I'm I'm positive that uh, that I'll come back stronger. And I suppose it's been good that you've had that extra, you've got another year on your contract anyway. There wasn't that pressure added into the mix because had your contract been up, then you know that, that would have added to it, the stress, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, I, was, I was stressed as much as I could be at the end of last season. Uh, I could barely watch some of the games. Um, but yeah, I had, that, I had that sort of safety net that I had another year and the manager's been great with me and, and uh, keeping me positive and around the, around the boys and um, he's got me doing a lot of different things uh, in amongst the the coaching staff as well, which has been which has been uh, good for me as well, keeping myself busy. And you're working alongside the St Johnston physio, but also the, the you were saying the Canadian physio. You're in contact there as well, maybe adding in some other ideas on stuff you can do to to get back quicker and better. 
yeah, uh, it's been great um, collaborating with both of them and and being able to get different points of view and uh, but not many too many opinions because uh, I don't want to be overloaded. Mm. Um, but it's been great to to have that experience of of Jim at St Johnston and the <coughs> likes of Greg uh, and Canada's uh, physio, which is a massive experience between them both. Um, so I've 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 fairly trusted them both and and what I'm doing and uh, the progress that I'm making. And obviously Canada, uh, even though you were injured at the time, they had they invited you across and you went across to to see them clinching their qualification for the World Cup. That was back in March. That must have been great. It was it was incredible uh, just to be invited over and be part of it. Uh, it's quite something. It's it's you know it's when you're part of a club, you're there constantly. Um, but as a nation, it's it's different. You you wait to be called up and and be part of that squad. But to to keep me involved and another one that was injured uh, over there Sammy Piet he he was there as well so it was what just was it, a, what was the game again I remember seeing it was it, it was it was against Jamaica Jamaica, uh, yeah, Jamaica yeah. at home because yeah, uh, we just needed a draw or a win to, to qualify uh, to, to go through and, and we got the win and it was just an incredible atmosphere and since I've been there since 2018 um the growth in Canadian soccer and uh, over there uh, has been incredible. Um, from stadiums that are hardly <clears> filled at the start of, of when I was there to, to now it's, it's sold out and the excitement that some of these players that are generating uh, from European f- clubs uh, at the biggest names like Bayern Munich and, and Lille and, uh, and Besiktas uh, it's, it's a massive, uh, massive factor for Canadian football and it's, it's on the rise and folk will take notice of it now. You've got Alfonso Davis, haven't you? Yes, we do. What a player he is. He's incredible. Uh, ever since uh, I joined, he was there and he was, I think he was 18 or something at the time and uh, I heard he was going to Bayern Munich at that year um, and I was like, who's this guy? Um, he was at Vancouver Whitecaps and from the first training session you could just see his blister and pace and power was incredible. It was raw at the time but you could see his, his talent was was something else. And But there's, there's other players in that squad that have that have come to to the fourth and they've they've been unbelievable. Um, like said, Jonathan David, who's a striker, he's he's now linked with some of the biggest clubs in in Europe um, and in the English Premier League as well. Um, there's talk of him and there's other boys that likes of Tejon Buchanan, who's went over to Belgium, he's won the Belgian league with Club Bruges. Right. Uh, so he's a teammate of Jack Hendry's. Yes. Um, and then there's the likes of. Um, Stefan Estacchio, who's just moved to Porto in January, and he's, I think he's, they're trying to buy him now, even he was on loan, but they're trying to buy him now, he's won the Portuguese league, uh, the boys in Besiktas, there's a couple there that won the, the league last season and the cup, um, and Milan Bojan, the goalkeeper, who keeps winning the league over in Serbia, uh, with Red Star Belgrade, he played against Rangers right. um, uh, in the European games, um, so there's multiple talents coming through, uh, that's it's just exciting times for for this generation, and I hope I can be a part of that. Mm. Uh, it's been great to be a part of it so far, and I really, really hope that I can get myself fit and and be in amongst that uh, that squad because it's 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 like a family. It's it's mm. great to be a part of. That's a it's an exciting incentive. I know you need to use it the right way. You don't want to put pressure on yourself because you desperately would love to be there, but to have it in the back of your mind, to have it as some sort of target. It is is great. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I just want to get myself back fit, and that's that's the main target, and it, it, that's anything to to motivate yourself. Um, but to have a World Cup at the end of it um, is even more motivation for myself to to get myself 
fit available uh, and available for selection. It's uh, I've dreamt about it obviously as mm. a young kid, as as many have, uh, to be part of that World Cup squad that that goes there and you watch it every four years and it's just incredible to watch and to be part of that would be would be just unbelievable. You've been there, Simon, 1998. Uh, sadly, that's still that's well, still the, the date time, as far as the World Cup is concerned. In Canada, when was the last time Canada? Was it 36 eight? years ago. So 19 what? 1986. 86, was it? 1986. I knew, I knew at the time because I read somewhere that it was that long since, so it, mm. it proves it's possible. <laughs> Do you think but, we're going to have to wait 36 years? <laughs> I, hope not. I hope not. But yeah, listen, we've, we've spoken about it. That's another 12 years. I know. To, I know. No, I think we've got. We've still. We said it the other night, and I, I, listen, the result the other night doesn't change it. We, we've got a good group there, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that group's only going to improve. There's a lot of youth in it, you know, the experience of the Euros, the experience of the disappointment the other night. Hopefully, you know, makes these guys stronger, and and we go into this Nations League next week. Obviously, pre- preferring that we were focusing still on qualification for the World Cup, but it got us into the last Euro final, so it proved to be worthwhile the last time. Uh, so we go again, really. But I think we've we've still got a really good, you know, one one result against mm. Ukraine doesn't take it away from. It's a strong group of players we've got. You've got Tierney to come back into that equation as well. Uh, Patterson uh, on the right hand side. And there'll be other young ones coming through. You know, you spoke mm-hmm. about the boy Lowry at Rangers. Is it going to be his turn, you know, mm-hmm. if he gets off to a good start with Rangers? Uh, I think we've got a, a, a decent enough squad there to still be optimistic. And that's a point that Stevie Clark was making after the match. I'm convinced. And that's why it's important that we don't forget how far we've come over the last three years. Is a group that's developed together. We have to qualify for Euro 2024. And then beyond that, by the time you get to the World Cup 2026, this group of players will have more caps, more experience and should be better. And that's what we have to aim to be. Wise words from Stevie Clark. It's so easy, isn't it, to get so far up and so far down, depending on how things are going. Um, But as Simon said there as well, it's, you know, yeah, it it wasn't just a bump in the road. It was a, it was a major bump uh, on, on the way. But, you know, we have to recover. Yeah, uh, you, see, you listen to how he speaks there, and he's built a group. He's, he's, it's not just about individual players and the players and the ability they've got. It's what he's created there um, in the national uh, national team is is that togetherness and that group that he's that he's building around it, and uh, the progress that has been made. Uh, even myself watching watching the game uh, the other night, even when they were one 0 two 0 down, you could still see the belief. You could feel the belief around the around the stadium that they could get back into it, mm-hmm. um, and that's what he's created there. Um, you can, the never say die attitude. He's done it. They've done it several times in the past uh, past few years, uh, coming from goals down or needing that late late minute last minute winner. Um, and I think that's what he's created that that sort of that attitude that they can they can compete against some of the best and they'll go and do that. The bounce back is important, isn't it? Um, and <clears throat> Uh, let's hope that's exactly what we get next Wednesday night. What would you do, Simon, with the team? Would you would you would you refresh uh, to a large degree, or you know, I, I think, and then maybe Chris Burke last night on the show was coming around to this way of thinking uh, that actually you, you maybe send out pretty much the same team again and say, you know, oh, again, yeah, put sort th- it out. Yeah, listen, hindsight. We talk about hindsight before the game when I, I seen the two strikers up front. I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. 
don't I don't know if it worked. I don't know if well it didn't work obviously. No. Uh, Christie came on. They were disjointed, weren't they? Yeah, just but again we weren't playing through the midfield. The three midfielders, uh McGregor, McGinn, Gilmore, they've been superstars for us in, in recent times. They can take the ball in tight areas. They can manoeuvre it. They can they can work through the lines with it. McGinn's always good for a goal. I know he misses a, a great chance the other night. Gilmore, they couldn't get going. They couldn't get going. We, we were playing it long. I think you have to, as I say, credit the Ukrainians. They were they were right on their game from the first minute. I would maybe I don't know. I would maybe tweak it a wee bit. I think Christie deserves to come in on the back of his performance mm-hmm. last week. I think he possibly comes in. But I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a massive change from from the team that played them Wednesday night. I really don't. But I think the bounce back, as you say, is important. You know, the disappointment of the Euros. We got off to a, a sticky start in that qualification group, but we we really turned it round, got the momentum going. So it's another setback. But I'm with Stevie Clark. We've got a, a good enough squad there, you know, to kick on again, do well in this. And, you know, we now have to focus on, what is it, Germany, 2024? That's yeah. That's the focus now. And uh, as the guys... And then, and then America in 2026. Yeah. I, think, I think that's the other one that Stevie Clark was throwing he makes in. A, he makes a good point. Yeah. Even, even in adversity or disappointment, these guys, it's another experience for mm-hmm. them. It's more caps. The finals the last time, I, I stress that these guys will be dying to get to another finals because... I don't think we did ourselves justice at the last one, considering no. we had two games at home. I think the only game we'd really performed the way we can was England at Wembley uh, when we got the point. So I think these boys will want to go again. Uh, unfortunately, the other night we get beat by a better team. But I think we, we, we've got more than enough quality moving forward. And I think there'll be one or two. All right, Hickey came on the other night. I think Hickey will be a good player for Scotland. Further down the line, it was, it was another night where... I think Patterson would probably have played if he was fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would have had, had Tierney. Yeah, maybe Ryan Jack might might have Ryan Jack might in have the played, middle of the park because I certainly think when McTominay came in there in the second half, there was a he helped he helped the shape, he helped a wee bit of the discipline. And again, it's hindsight because when I seen the team and he was playing at the back, I was quite happy with that. But as the game developed, you were like, right, can we shuffle it? Can we get McTominay in there? Mm-hmm. Can we get somebody else up front? I think we went to a back four, and for that. Little period, what was it? 10 15 minutes of the game, albeit it's a 90 minute game. We, we, we were better, we were better. So, there's there's food for thought, but Stevie will have learned as well things off that game as well. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see how we do line up next week. Yeah, I mean, Peter, to, Peter sorry. Grant, sorry, I was just going to say there, but Peter Grant in the show last night was was talking about Scott McTominay and 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 think you know, you kind of he felt as if we needed something more physical in the midfield to get close to Zinchenko, who was kind of running the show. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose you're right. Um, I guess uh, you look at Gilmore and, and McGregor and, and, and McGinn and you look at them as ball players and I think um, sort of McTominay going in there, just a bit of grit. Um, you see how, how hard McGregor works. Every time I see him <clears throat> after a Celtic game, even at half-time, the last time we played there, they won 7-0 against us at Parkhead and he came off at half-time and he was just dripping with sweat. He looked he looked like he'd, he'd run the... Yeah. like the full 90 minutes but it was only half time um, <laughs> you just see how much effort he puts into the game and um, yeah just uh, maybe it, maybe a wee bit of, of uh, a bit of grit in the middle of the park might have might have been better but 
Uh, what I was going to say was, you look at Rangers as bounced back when they, they they lost the European game and then mm-hmm. they went the weekend and played and and won the the Scottish Cup. So mm-hmm. they've just got to look at that and it's it's possible to bounce back from these games and I'm sure they've got a squad there that can do that. Yeah, um, Callum McGregor w- was one who who did emerge with with more than pass marks. I mean, Craig Gordon was our was our best player. I don't think there's yeah. any argument about that with with the saves he made in the game uh, and so unlucky to finish up on the losing side. There weren't too many who performed anywhere near their best, I don't think for Scotland, but but Callum McGregor keeps on rolling out those I mean it was his goal which was a bit freakish, yeah, of, but his performance was 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 I mean, good. He scored he scored a freakish goal for Celtic during the season I think it, Rick, it was against Aberdeen a clearance that went yeah, in off him but he kind of deserved it because mm. watching him as David said he'd covered everywhere in the game he was leading from the front leading by example and he bought himself a wee bit of luck with the goal the other night again he's following up it's not the cleanest of strikes but we get back in the game and then he's chasing someone back oh, yeah. who's one on one you know who's virtually through and goal mm. the guy takes it the wrong, tries to come inside but Callum's back mm. there you know winning it the guy just covers every blade of grass, but he can play football as well. You know, he's a quality footballer. But we just didn't have enough on it on the night. Mm. Uh, and that sometimes happens, and you sometimes have to say, right, fair enough, Ukraine were the better team on the night uh, in all departments. So that's where that's where I'm positive moving forward because I know we've still got players there. Uh, it's just the tweaking, it's getting the tight team right for the, the right occasion. And we probably didn't. We probably want to start a lot better than we did the other night as well. Just one more on Callum McGregor, um, who was already a wonderful, accomplished midfielder. How? But he's gone up a level, hasn't he? In the in the, in the past season, I don't I don't know whether you know whether it is the armband, whether it's Ange Postecoglou, whether it's a combination of everything. But he seems to have taken his performances to a to a new high, David. I was just I was going to say that he just goes from strength to strength each year. He, he progresses each year, and <clears throat> I think the fact that that Scott Brown left, and then he's got to fill that sort of role uh, as a leader and. Um, he's just took it in a stride and he's just progressed so much uh, over the past couple of years that he's he's just leading the team and um, his performances get better and better and he's getting recognition for that with the, the Player of the Year awards and um, he's just shown that he's 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 a top player and um, yeah Scotland is a great will be grateful for his his uh, his um, performances of, of recent. David Wallerspoon, Simon Donnelly, Rob McLean at uh, the Go Radio Football Show, talking football till seven. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Rob McLean with Simon Donnelly and St Johnson's David Wallerspoon uh, on the show, and we're talking football for another half hour and we were just talking there about uh, how quickly the competitive game is about to return uh, 10th of July David is it for St Johnson's first game in the League Cup I'm not aware of of, of, of when the when the first game is uh, but we're, we're back training on the 22nd of June so right. it's, it's right. a, a quick turnaround yeah and uh, you were saying as well that the the regional regionalisation <coughs> aspect of the Premier Sports Cup has been removed so you've got a few trips on the go <laughs> It's uh, it's crazy to say the least. Uh, down to the Queen of the South, Annan, and then up to Elgin and uh, over to Ayr. So I, I, I can't remember which is which. Uh, I think we're at home to... Oh, I can't remember actually. It's, I think it's Annan at home and Elgin at home. 
A base camp in the southwest might not be a bad idea. It's, it's, it's just incredible. Uh, all over Scotland. All over Scotland. Yeah, incredible. And the likes of Hibs and Aberdeen are having to get themselves acclimatised to League Cup football. Um, they would have been, been expecting to be in European action, mm. Simon, but it's going to be the League Cup for them and, and they'll have to get used to it. And of course, you know, some clubs use this um, as, as almost pre-season matches. But the Hibs and Aberdeens of this world will have designs on winning the League Cup. Yeah, and I don't think teams of that stature will be allowed to treat them anything other than, you know, competitive and try mm. to win that uh, or try and get as far as they can in that cup. You know, and two new managers there as well on the back of disappointing seasons, they'll want to get off to a, a flyer in this tournament. So the game's come back round thick and fast. And mm. It's a part of the the game that I don't miss, you know, pre-season training's just round the corner for this guy. Mm. <laughs> Lee Johnson, uh, the new manager at your old team, Hibs, what did you make of that appointment? Yeah, um, I'd heard it, uh, we played them last game of the season and we'd heard it through the, the grapevine that he was going to be the new manager. Uh, I don't know a lot about him, um, but it's certainly, uh, he's got a big job on his hands. Uh, it's a big club, um, uh, close to my heart and my uh, my family as well. Um and it's something uh, that you'll have to, to rectify as uh, the form in the domestic in the league uh, over the past uh, few months has uh, not been good enough for, for Hibs and the, this club of that size. We, um, meant, we mentioned Jack Ross earlier on and um, Ron Gordon, the, the owner, had, uh, had, a, had a Q&A, didn't he? Uh, after, the, after Sean Maloney had been sacked and I think he was looking back with some regret on that decision and it's easy with hindsight isn't it but but uh, but he just seemed he was a bit quick on the button wasn't he to, to get rid of Jack Ross and, and I think probably a lot of Hibs fans would happily have had him back yeah um, they were going through a really sticky time I think it was it was nine it was nine a bad run with, yeah. nine games without a win uh, so it was a bad run but we were the same uh, with, with our manager we were nine games without a run uh, without a win as well um, but they were they were quick to to pull the pull the plug and 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 get rid of him, which is incredible for for what he had achieved at the club, um, what he had done with the club. Um, I spoke to him actually this summer because I was I was doing my coaching badges and he was there, um, so I had a chance to speak to him and um, obviously he was he was disappointed because he he'd created a, a an atmosphere at that training ground and something that he'd worked on hard and. Uh, and he felt it had just been chucked away uh, quite quickly. So that's a possible for you down the line, is it? Coaching <clears throat> management. Yeah, um, it's a possibility for me at the moment. I'm I'm in the middle of my coaching badges. Um, when I'm doing it, I really enjoy it. Um, I really enjoy the the coaching side of things. Um, but I, my main focus is obviously to get back fit at the moment, and I, I want to. That was just something that I could take my mind off things and sure. and keep myself busy. Um, and I have enjoyed enjoyed that part of it, and I look to do more of it. And uh, I look at the likes of Liam Craig, who uh, I have a lot of admiration for. Um, uh, I played alongside him for years, and he's 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 fallen into that that role now of a, <clears throat> of a coach, and um, he's someone that I look up to and and want to progress uh, to be like as a in the future. Going to have to be a big dugout, isn't it, to to squeeze Stephen McLean, Liam Craig, Alec Cleland, and the manager in there at McDermott. Is there an extension being built on? <laughs> they've they've upgraded the the seats over the oh, past wow. couple of years as well. So yeah. the, the St um, Johnston boot room. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, 
and I mean, I was talking about Hibs and Aberdeen in terms of League Cup, and not just it's not just pre-season. It's it's uh, trying to get through to the knockout stages and and win the the, the trophy. And and you know, your team, St. Johnson, are in the same category. Um, you know, on the back of a nightmare last season, um, Callum will be really keen to get off to a flyer, and that will include um, you know hopefully going down that road to trying to get the league cut back yeah well listen we we actually done really well in the last year we we, we got to the semi-final yeah, yeah. Um, again um, we're just unfortunate to to concede late on against Celtic we've done really well throughout that game uh, kept them quiet and didn't allow them many chances and um, we're just unfortunate to get beat but yeah we we, we enjoy cups uh, we enjoy a cup run and um, we'll be looking for, for that to, to, to kick start our season yeah, absolutely. Um, we were talking Rangers, we were talking the various uh, re-signings, contract extensions, uh, the fact that uh, Leon Balligan as of today is leaving uh, the club. Uh, a lot of talk about Joe Rebo and Crystal Palace. Um, you know, we were talking about the interest in Calvin Bassey. Uh, no surprise that there's lots of interest in Joe Rebo as well, who ended the season well. Um he was sensational in the first half of the season. He maybe shaded a bit when he came back yeah. from the African Cup of Nations. Yeah. But he's a top player uh, who, again, <clears throat> is one of these guys that was signed for a couple of hundred thousand pounds compensation fee. Um, th- there's going to be, there's bound to be interest in him. Yeah, I think so. Uh, obviously popped up with the goal in the in the final as well, which helps his cause. But I think I think he was uh, he was Rangers' best player in the first mm-hmm. part of the season. You know, before he went away. Uh, to the African Cup of Nations his form for whatever reason took a little bit of, of a dip when he came back I think subsequently that maybe led to Rangers dropping a few points as well he's always one of those players that can create and score a goal uh, he's certainly one you know when it was Rangers Celtic you're looking at the, the, the team lines and thinking he's a threat he's a real threat he can go past a player take players out of the equation he's got good control good uh, technique as I say he's good for a goal so I think there will be interest there. I think the likes of him and Bassey, obviously there's always going to be speculation <clears throat> with those type of players. But I think he's one that Rangers would need to keep. You know, I think he's one of their best players. Uh, and as I say, the first part of the season, I thought he was their best performer. Yeah. I think he's, and I think he is settled, and I, and I don't think he's got any great desire to go anywhere. But the, but there is interest swirling around, and sometimes these things can change very quickly, especially yeah. if, especially if a massive offer uh, comes in. How highly you'll have come up against Joe Rebo, of course, uh, David on the pitch. How highly do you rate him? Yeah, I think I think he's Rangers' best player. To be honest with you, he's uh, he's always been one that um, I've thought is he's been terrific against us. Uh, he's always one that causes causes you problems. And coming up against him, he's he's so difficult to play against. Um, he finds the, the little pockets and he's hard to pick up. And but then when he's got the ball and you're close to him, it's so hard to get the ball off him. He, he's a he's a big he's a big lad and he holds the ball up really well. He can go either way. Um, and he's he's very tricky. So. I've always admired him and, and thought he was thought he was Rangers' best player. Yeah, they're, they're match winners, those type of players, yeah. aren't they? I mean, Rogic, Rogic at Celtic yeah. was yeah. similar. You know, they're guys yeah. that can, when the game's maybe tight, and it normally is in the Premiership, with you know, teams tending to, to sit in and make it difficult, these are the type of players that can unlock it mm-hmm. for you, and he falls into that, yeah. that category. Yeah, I think if there, if, if there was a player of the half-season... Um, probably would have been Rogic versus Arebo uh, around Christmas time, wouldn't it? From from a Celtic point of view, you were happy for him to go away at the time he did mm. to the African mm. Cup of Nations, mm-hmm. uh, and and missed games. I think he came back, or he missed the game at Petodre, and I remember thinking 
Rangers could struggle tonight because he'd been so influential in the first part of the season. I think they drew that game. Where are the two teams at the moment, would you say, before any more transfer business is very, done? Very. Where, where would where would you, you err? Is it Celtic because they won the title or did Rangers move into the overtaking lane because they got to a European final? Rangers fans will say that. But I, I think that there's not much between the sides mm. at all. You, you look at the last three games, I think they had a, a, a win each and a draw. The last one was at Celtic Park, the draw. There's not a lot between them. Uh, and we, we, we spoke about it earlier about Celtic getting into the Champions League and closing that gap but Rangers got to a final of the second best European competition they knocked out Dortmund they knocked out Leipzig who've spent millions West Ham and the other semi couldn't get there who are seventh in English Premiership mm. so sometimes I think we play or well, we don't maybe play it down I think other countries and other people looking from the outside play our, our league down Celtic have came out on top in the domestic league ahead of that team so I think both teams we've spoken about it before I think both teams got to be satisfied to an extent this season uh, or happy which is unusual but I don't think there's a lot between them and that's where me as the fan looking out or looking in is quite excited to see right, how, how do you how do you where do you go next? How, how do you close the gap from Celtic's point of view? Rangers will be looking at it to try and win the league back, try to qualify for the Champions League. How do you improve your teams? Who, who's next? Because standing here last year, if you'd asked me about Kyogo, Jota, uh, Young Abada coming in there, Hitati, we'd never heard of these guys. No. Now Celtic fans have got these guys as heroes. Uh, so it's interesting. Who's, who's next to kind of take care product to a, a higher plane and, and get us closer at the, the top uh, the top table tournament you know Champions League Who would you least like to play against if, if we put Rangers and Celtic that was the that was the option for you as a St Johnston player who would you least like to be playing of those two is it, is it a difficult yeah, one yeah it's a difficult one they're both you, can, you see the, the gap that Rangers have bridged to Celtic over the past few years I think you both say the same Celtic were in front uh, by quite a bit but the recent couple of years Rangers have really bridged that gap and, and got it um, to a really f real fight in the, the Scottish League and they're both as good as each other on their day um, but obviously I think I think Celtic's relentless pressure um, and, and their their work rate has been tremendous this year and you can see that that's what's won them the league um, I think their they're never say die attitudes just uh, got them over that line and um, yeah it's, it's one of the hardest teams I've played against and it does make you think because there's maybe a <clears throat> cigarette paper between them uh, in terms of, of difference that recruitment and this uh, summer transfer market uh, is gonna, could make all the difference in terms of who goes into next season as favourites yeah yeah I think so because I don't think there's much between them as it stands right now, I think recruitment, you only have to look at Celtic's recruitment the year before. It was really poor. Mm -hmm. Nobody really made an impact at all. Fast forward a season and nearly every one of Angie's guys that he brought in mm -hmm. has had a part to play. Nearly every one of them. Uh, so recruitment is key at, at football teams and David will tell you if quality comes in, it lifts 
everybody there and it lifts we touch on Callum McGregor I think the guys coming in have lifted I think there's been different things that have lifted Callum obviously the responsibility of the captain say I think he's he's, he's grown right into that he's loved that from uh, the first minute he, he took the armband but I think the legs and the energy he's obviously got that himself but the legs and energy around about him mm. must be such a lift and a positive thing for him to play with opposed to the year before where guys weren't performing round about him guys that came in couldn't have an impact in the team and Celtic were looking to your McGregor's your Christie's your uh, James Forrest the same players that had been over the piece time and time again this year I think he's been refreshed because other players have come in and took responsibility round about him and that's brought his game up as well Saw some pictures today of Carl Starfelt stretchered off playing for Sweden um, a suspected hamstring injury mm. we, we don't know the extent of it yet but but I guess what it does do for, for Celtic fans on the back of a, an amazing season, a title winning season, it does introduce a little bit of concern about the about the transfer market yeah. and about strengthening the squad even further than they've done already. Um, because I guess with, with Cameron Carter-Vickers uh, not yet re-signed and we don't know whether he definitely will or not, it's uh, you're talking Julian and Welsh at yeah. the moment as the, as the Celtic as the fit, central defensive two. The fit pairing, yeah. Listen, that's always the worry of managers when their players go away international due to something happening. Uh, like Starfield hamstring, it's never great as well, so hopefully it isn't too serious. But yeah, it probably just highlights. I, th- I think if that doesn't happen anyway, they want to try and get Carter Vickers over the line. I think they'd be looking for another centre-back mm-hmm. as well because I don't know any news from inside, but it looks as if... Julian might be on the way so yeah. it looks as if they'll need another one I might be wrong I said to him Tuesday it looks <laughs> as if Golson was on his way I know. so who knows there might be a part to play for Julian coming back in there but I think that's a part I think you'll be looking to strengthen everywhere I think you'll be looking for options in all positions yeah I mean Carl Starfelt um, I think a lot of Celtic fans didn't really fancy him when he first came in uh, Ange Postacoglu stuck with it that that uh, central defensive pairing with Cameron Carter-Vickers uh, and you just look at the numbers you look at the you look at their defensive record over the season um, and he must be doing something right Carl Starfelt and I think and I think in, in time the Celtic fans um, be started to understand that it that it was about the partner it wasn't about him as an individual it's about how that partnership works yeah these things take time um, players take time to, to to integrate into a team um, and you could see that he, he grew in confidence the more the weeks went on and he, he definitely became a major part of that that Celtic team uh, that won the league and um, they they obviously kept that the two at the back uh, and kept them week in week out um, but I'm sure I'm sure uh, Celtic will be, as Simon said, be looking to to recruit in all areas and and strengthen as much as they can. Uh, they've got a strong squad as it is, but they'll be looking to to progress and and move that stage uh, and that step further. Talking football and twenty minutes still to go. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. go. 
Right, he can go. That was Chris, who sometimes does the travel, and he was about to recap, I think, on what I'd said. He was probably about to correct me, actually, but uh, there we are, uh, on the Go Radio Football Show and into the, the final segment of the show as well. Looking ahead to um, next Wednesday night, it's going to come around uh, pretty quickly, uh, but these will be strange days, uh, Simon Donnelly, for the Scotland players. Um they wouldn't have been taking anything for granted, but they were desperately hoping that they were going to be heading for Cardiff uh, yeah. on, on, on Sunday night. So suddenly it becomes a different landscape, doesn't it, when you've got quite a few days of preparation uh, for Armenia? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think they would have just been like everybody else. It's Scottish, you know, we'd have been hoping to, to be going down to Cardiff on Sunday to play against Wales, but it's not to be. So they now have to, the professional head has to come on and, and, and get focused for the game on Wednesday. We have some breaking news. Uh, is it the Dundee job? I just saw the... No, Paul, no, Paul, Paul Hartley? Paul Hartley's away to Hartlepool. Hartlepool? I think oh. so. I think so. So it's now Hartlepool. Hartlepool. Right. Well, if, because, I, if I read that right. Right, OK, because, yeah, it's just that uh, the tracker along the, the bottom of the, the screen on Sky Sports News, um, and we'll get... <laughs> I can't tell you New Zealand are 236 for four at the close of play on day two of the first test against England one, right? uh, at uh, and they're leading by 227 runs but in terms of the football it is Hartlepool uh, you were right you were not uh, you, you're, you're, hey, your eyesight's okay yeah. uh, to be perfectly honest so Paul Hartley is leaving Cove Rangers uh, when he's done such a great job taking them to promotion to the championship next season but they're going to be looking for a new manager um, and he was bound to be in demand wasn't he Paul Hartley uh, we did I did wonder when you when I saw his name whether it might he might be in for the the Dundee job Dundee job yeah, yeah. but uh, going to Hartlepool David what do you make of that yeah well it means Kevin Thompson's not going hate. there anymore well that's, that's true <laughs> that's true um, but yeah uh, I, it's obviously a good a good job for him to, to move on to and progress as a manager and um, obviously done a fantastic job at Cove Rangers to, mm. to get them promote, promoted and um, I wish them all success at, at, at Hartlepool Yeah that, that that's a, a blow isn't it to to Cove Rangers with a manager yeah. to, to find and, and to, to actually just maintain the momentum that he's built up Yeah uh, I think we spoke about it the other night about that that division being really competitive and mm. Cove Rangers having a, a little bit of money behind them to go and, and make a go of it and you know, he's had so many promo promotions now, Paul. Uh, it's no surprise that obviously clubs are looking at him, but yeah, it's a, it's a new adventure for him down to Hartlepool and we'll see how he gets on, Paul Hartlepool. Paul Hartlepool, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and of course, Queen's Parker in that division as well, uh, having having got promotion. Another team with, with big ambitions. It's good. The championship's always uh, pretty fascinating and, and next season, David, it will be again. Yeah. Thankfully, St. Johnson aren't in it. Yes, <laughs> thankfully. Thankfully. No, no, it looks like a really, going to be a really tough season uh, in the championship next season and um, I was on a course recently with a couple of the boys um, at Queen's Park mm -hmm. uh, and they were telling me all about it and the, the progress that that club's made and the, the ambitions of that club. Um, it sounds really big. Um and uh, obviously it'll be an interesting one to watch uh, to see how they get on in the, in the championship and how they progress What's going to be interesting in the next few days is how Stevie Clark picks his Scotland players up maybe it's going to be maybe because they're, they've been in a good place uh, they've had that really big disappointment at Hamden on Wednesday night, but uh, they just have to get, uh, well, back on the horse, was I think the phrase he used uh, after the match um, the other night and 
he will be hoping just that that feel good factor remains, Simon. That yeah. that, that <clears throat> it was there before, and why is it not going to be there now? And and rather than fixating on on the World Cup as we were, it's now all about getting to Euro twenty twenty four. And suddenly the Nations League uh, is is really important, and it was last time because yeah. it was through that that yeah. we we qualified last time. Yeah, exactly. I said that earlier. One hundred percent. We have to. John, you'll be talking about the game that we wanted to be part of there. Yeah. But yeah, we've, we've, listen, the only way you keep momentum going is results. Uh, it's as simple as that, really. So we really need to, to coin the phrase of Steve Clark, get back on the horse and, and start winning games again. It starts on Wednesday night and the boys still playing for your country. It's one of the proudest things that you can do as a footballer. So they've got to go out and... And, and restart and, and look to this campaign uh, and get winning games again. Yeah, and the, the Tartan Army, the, the Scotland fans have to refocus as well, as we all do now. Um, and, you know, we had stars in our eyes thinking about uh, Qatar um, and suddenly um, it's not a glamour game, is it? Armenia, we, we don't know a hell of a lot about them. I think uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan, I think he, he maybe plays for them. We don't know too much else. Um but um, Scotland have to get off to a really good start here because it's two games against Armenia, Ireland and Dublin in between. And I guess as a minimum, you're you're looking for seven points out of nine, aren't you, to start with? Yeah. Uh, like you said, the, the fans have to refocus um, after such a, a obviously a disappointing um, campaign coming to an end. Um, it, it was it was all it was all set for for Scotland to make the World Cup, but unfortunately it didn't and. Now they've got to reset and and look to to the next phase, which is uh, qualifying for the for the Euros. And first first stop is is playing up against Armenia, uh, which are not going it's not going to be easy at all. Uh, I don't think any game that they've got in their group is going to be easy. Um, but they've got to get back to that mentality that they had before. Uh, they weren't weren't losing games. They were they were beating the likes of Denmark and um, they were they were performing at their best and. Um, I think they can get that back with uh, with the next few games uh, coming up. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, six straight wins in competitive games. It was eight matches unbeaten, all in all. It could have been eight straight wins um, when you think back to those games against Poland and, and Austria. Um, but Scotland have got to, to move on. I think the first thing you have to do is you have to suffer together. I'm suffering, my coaching staff's suffering, and more than anybody, the players are suffering. So we'll have 24 hours. We will feel sorry for ourselves a little bit. We'll analyse the game as a coaching staff and as a group of players. And what we'll try and do is we'll try and get back on the, back on the horse, if you like, for, for want of a better phrase. And, and, and we'll try and go again, we'll go again. What we shouldn't forget is the progress that we've made over the last three years. We came into here in a really good shape, eight games unbeaten. And like I said, it wasn't our night, it was Ukraine's night, so congratulations to Ukraine. He looked stunned, didn't he? Uh, I don't think he could believe his eyes at times on the, on the touchline, Simon, Stevie Clark. No, and I, I, listen, I think David touched on it there with the Denmark game and we said it on Tuesday, I think for us to get results we need nine, ten we need we need everybody right on their game mm. uh, as a nation and that's that's where we, that's how it got us to that position of the, the, the playoff because the six games that we won in the group we were on it for whatever reason the other night I mean, I remember at half-time uh, Going to the toilet and thinking we hadn't we hadn't even got off our seats we hadn't even offered a chance or anything. It's not like that Scotland team of of late. Mm-hmm. You know we've always especially at home we've always had something to 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 hang on to. But in the first half we we had nothing. We didn't test our keeper at all. We just had too many boys had off nights and 
you think is that just down to us? But I think it was down to the, the opposition as well on the night. They were better than us. They started better. They had more of the ball. And we found it really difficult to try and get into the game. And sometimes that happens. Uh, he changes the shape. Even 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 changing personnel. I don't know if he went to a back four straight away, did we? I can't remember. Not immediately, we, we no. changed the personnel. And I think Steve Clark said it himself. Before you can even get into the new personnel, we're 2-0 down. Mm. We've conceded again five minutes into the second half, which leaves you a, a massive hill to, 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 to climb after that. We get the goal back and there's a little flurry and we, we get excited. But if, if, we're, if we're being honest and we look back and not enough players were playing no. anywhere near what they can. And for us as a nation, I said, we can't even afford to, to lose guys like Tierney. Mm. We can't use that as an excuse, but we really can do with all our best players being fit. But we need all our best players at the top of their game performing. You know Andy Robertson well. You've worked with him. Um, I mean, he was really suffering afterwards. I saw him coming out to do his interviews, and um, it wasn't something he was looking forward to. No. That, that's for sure. Um, he was outnumbered even on that side yeah. where Andy. Mm. We, we spoke about it before. We came, even Tierney playing as a, a left centre back, he underlaps. He overlaps. I mean, many times do we see him up helping Andy? And at times the other night, I felt. If you froze the picture, Andy would be on the ball and there'd be three or four Ukrainians round about him and we didn't really have anybody round about for him to play a one-two. I think one time when he got through, it was down to his positivity and he got a break of the ball and got the other mm. side. But more often than not, he found himself outnumbered on that side. Did he try too hard at times? He looked absolutely wiped out at the end, more than anybody else maybe. Yeah, it felt, it felt like he had a lot on his shoulders. Um he was trying his hardest down that left, but as Simon's saying, that he looked he looked isolated out there. Um, uh, with Tierney helping him out on that side normally, he, they looked like a good combination down that left side, whereas it didn't seem like they had that threat. Um, uh, I felt I felt he just was isolated, and then he was trying too much. He did get that break of the ball when he did get through, but that was just down to his own perseverance. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that was the only real real sort of opportunity. Uh, undoubtedly he's got one of the best left foot crosses I've seen um, he, he's always he's always put in some great deliveries and he, he did that when he could um, but to be in that position to cross it he, he wasn't in enough enough higher up the pitch Did we miss Kieran Tierney's ability to set the tone? Oh. Uh, I mean I, th I think we knew, we knew we were going to miss him obviously mm. we were going to miss him because he's probably the last person we wanted to be without but I'm not sure we thought we were going to miss him that much no, but he's, and again, we're looking back on things after the event. It's, he's a leader, Tierney. He, he gives you a lot more than just his performance. Uh, I'd imagine, you know, it just he's a leader. He's another captain in the team. And, you know, we do have two fantastic left-sided players playing with Liverpool and Arsenal that, you know, are up there with anything in, in Europe. And we can't afford to probably do without them. Uh, having said that when I looked back at the team I thought you know there was enough there to go and win the game I mean John McGinn another one who's been an absolute star I think 12 goals with, with Stevie Clark mm -hmm. just a quiet night just a quiet night couldn't get going had the wee chance tried to I think be too precise with it but you get those you get those evenings and unfortunately for us it was in the worst possible night it was mm -hmm. such a big game and I think the boys will just look back in it. Yeah, disappointed like everybody. Uh, that we never really... 
never really took it to them at yeah. all. You know, we, 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 were, we were beat before we, we really got going. We were 2-0 down before we could even get any kind of foothold in the game. One of the, one of the most frustrating things for me, I think, was the sudden discovery after an hour that they had a dodgy keeper. Uh, uh, I mean, he, he, he was a complete bag of nerves, wasn't and he? Then, and we did, just... then we didn't test them, though, after that. I thought, you know, that uh-huh. we got the goal and we had a, I know they we were should have been raining balls in, yeah. But, yeah, get in there because he flapped it. He flapped it the McGinn one uh-huh. and he flapped at the goal. But when you think about it, for the first hour, we didn't get anywhere Nothing. near him. No. Um, I think I remember one chance McGinn's half volley uh, yeah. at the edge of the box. Yeah. That was about the nearest they came mm-hmm. to cre- creating something. Uh, they looked, they maybe looked a wee bit of a danger on the counter. Uh, it was just that final pass. Um, I think Jay Adams had one. To, he could have played Robertson and he tried. Yep. Um, yep. He couldn't quite make it. Um, but no, no real threat on the goal. Um, and I think going back to when the game's scheduled, it's it's a few weeks after the season's finished. Good point. I think it's hard. It's hard as a player. Um, it, I mean, it shouldn't be hard because the motivation's there. Um, but it's hard when you're in that routine of playing week in, week out to then go on a, on a break for a couple of weeks to then come back and play in a really competitive game like it was. Mm. Uh, I think you find that very difficult. Um, and... I look back on it and think obviously it's no fault of anybody's um, but if the game was scheduled when it was supposed to be yeah. that things might have been a bit different mm-hmm. uh, the performance levels and the confidence that Scotland had at that point could have been uh, crucial and, and pushed them on through uh, but obviously it's that's by the by it's hindsight it's um, these things happen um, but like I say I think it was just a very difficult time to to play that game it almost felt like that sort of atmosphere where it was a end of season game or a pre-season game uh, it just didn't have that sort of yeah. mid-season atmosphere and yeah, battle I just couldn't get going for, for whatever reason as I said that, that was my feelings at half time we'd played yeah. 45 minutes and and when you're when you're when you're knackered, when you're at the end of a long hard season as well, when things go against you like they did, mm. uh, maybe it's difficult to lift yourself and come back. Anyway, that's all. Reflection on Wednesday. It's onwards and upwards from here. And on next week's shows uh, early on in the week, we will be looking forward to that Scotland Armenia game Wednesday night. David, lovely to have you on the show. Good to see you. Thank you very much for having me. Not at all pleasure. And Simon, always a pleasure. And uh, we will be reunited at some point next week. Have a good weekend, everyone. Enjoy the sunshine. There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained tech. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.